This is a podcast for today's woman, discovering a beautiful life as the keeper of her home. Hey girlfriends, I'm Kadisha and welcome to The Custom Life with Kadisha White. In the last episode, I shared an analogy about bitter waters, shared how my view of purity was kind of muddied early on, and also shared the bitterness that I carried as a result. So today I want to discuss how sanctification and mind renewal happened practically for me. So in quiet time, God revealed both my old and new names, old name in the spiritual realm before Christ and new name now in Christ. And it definitely fits within the context of what I share in part one. So if you haven't listened, go ahead and stop this episode and um, listen to part one of The Sanctified Life. So before I share what I'm going to share about my two names, the old name and the new name, I want to give you this disclaimer. So if you're not into heavenly spiritual things, this most likely might not have much profundity. It may be tough to grasp, confusing, or even sound outlandish, but just know that this is how God operates. His ways are higher, and he doesn't reason the way humans do. However, he does speak to us in ways that resonate with us personally, and he really does reveal deep mysteries, and I just love him so much. (laughs) So for me, he literally revealed my new name, my new identity in Christ first. Okay, because I would have literally fallen out if my old before Jesus name were first. And he revealed this through teaching me one of his names. You know how um, God has many names. Um, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Elohim, Jehovah Sidkenu. Jehovah Makadashkim, which means the Lord our sanctifier, contains K-A-D-I-S-H within it. And Isha which is the Hebrew word for woman, um, is the end of my name. So Kadisha, so Makadashkim and Isha. So the Hebrew word for woman, that's when Adam said, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, I will call her woman. The original word in Hebrew was Isha. So Kadish in Makadashkim, which is sanctifier, and Isha and Isha, which is woman, under the new covenant of Christ, boom, you have Kadisha, which means sanctified woman. So anyone with an Isha in their name, I encourage you to explore and ask God to reveal what he's named you in the spiritual realm. So you can use a Greek and or Hebrew dictionary along with the KJV Bible to do some digging. Or, I mean, anyone you know, for that matter, it's it's worth pursuing or researching. But that is how God does. Nothing is an accident. He's so intentional, even in naming us. I mean, talk about custom. So I was feeling myself with my new name, like, okay, I'm set apart for the Lord. Ow. And several weeks later, he revealed my own name in the spiritual realm. And y'all, I lost it. (laughs) So my name before Christ, the phonetic pronunciation, and you can look this up if you have a Strong's exhaustive concordance of the Bible. It's number 6948 in the Hebrew section. Q-E-D-E-S-H-A-H. I mean, it's not spelled the way my name is spelled, but phonetically it pronounces Kadisha. And in Hebrew, it's, that's a Hebrew word for, get this, harlot. (laughs) 
Isn't that mind-blowing? If you listen to part one, that was my old identity before Christ. And that really blew my mind because that was the identity I was under. Feeling like a harlot, um, first kind of for no reason, you know, then it was spoken over me and then I kind of became one, which, you know, technically that's what it was because a woman who is with a man who is not her husband is technically a harlot in God's eyes. Um, It was a hard pill for me to swallow, but the first step to fixing a problem was admitting that there was one. Um, So just so y'all know, this on-time word is God, not me. Check out Ezekiel chapter 16 for anyone, you know, who might be feeling a little funny about this, Um, because I feel you. You know, it's hard to hear. Trust me, I was her. But um, all jokes aside, that's why marriage is so sacred and, you know, sex is just such a sacred thing to God. Anywho, um, so anytime someone said my name before Christ, it was literally a curse. And that's what it means when God said he gives us a new name, gives us a new identity. My identity literally became new. Because think of it, it, think of it as a label, an identity in the spiritual realm. Of course, before Christ and really before this revelation this year, I wasn't aware that this was my identity in the spiritual realm. But We carry things in the spiritual realm, whether we're aware of it or not. So the accusations from the accuser early on, wrong assumptions during the birds and the bees convo as a young high schooler, which honestly became a word curse through those bitter seeds. And that came true in college when I decided to wild out. But praise God that I ran out of that grave with Christ. My own self died and I literally became new. I literally got a new name. So it wasn't until I finally had that revelation that I finally shed the lies and darkness of my old self and put on the royal robe of my pure identity. So through revelation and sanctification, my mind was actually renewed and my identity was finally restored. So let's talk about sanctification. So sanctification is the process of being purified, washed, and perfected by God, and it generally comes after salvation. So it involves coming to terms with our old life, having our eyes open to it spiritually, and admitting that it was fallen and needs renewal. Sanctification can come in the form of uncomfortable circumstances. Um, It can come through several things. So maybe through deeply uncomfortable and hard conversations. Sanctification can come after us um, giving into ungodly desires and having to deal with the aftermath. Um, and it generally, sanctification will come in the form of pruning and stretching. Um, even though the result is beautiful, the process can be painful. But the beauty is, in all of its discomfort, sanctification is more proof that I am seen by God than me receiving blessings or any other thing that all people receive, because God is good to even the non-believers. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 through 6 says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. I love that. God's discipline really proves his love, kind of like a good parent. So as I'm being purified and refined, in my experience, I've become sweeter, more humble, more sensitive to God's Holy Spirit, more loving, gentle, and beautiful, all because I've been drawn near to the Father. So I think of it as a washing. 
And what a wonderful act of service by God. Proof that he sees us, knows us, and loves us enough to make us better. A great example is, and you may be familiar with this account of Jesus with his disciples, um, but when Jesus washes the disciples' feet, and I see it as the antidote for purifying bitterness, and I wanted to read it directly. Here's the word on the street. So John chapter 13, verses 2 through 8 from the New Living Translation says, It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. And that's the homemaker's gospel, not the housewife's gossip. (laughs) And if you remember, Simon Peter is the one upon which Jesus said he would build the church, his hands and feet. So I believe this was a special moment for the church to note. Jesus literally said, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. A father disciplines those he loves. Now, we're not talking about abuse because I know that's some people's experience, but correction washing, cleansing is inherently loving. And what a phenomenal example. Jesus later goes on in that passage to compel us to follow his example. And imagine he just got up from his rightful seat at the table, took off his royal robe and took the place of a servant by wrapping a towel around his waist to serve. So symbolic, so amazing. It's just, it's just really awesome. So I think in this moment, we see the antidote for bitterness when Jesus is washing their feet. We see love and service and washing. And Judas was prompted to betray Jesus, perhaps out of jealousy and bitterness. But nonetheless, Jesus was an example of serving one another, not from our high horse or table of honor or anything like that, but in humble servitude. I'm taking this message into my life. I don't know about you all, but I see how God can give us identity and meet us where we are to purify us and our outlook on ourselves. We can also serve one another as Jesus compelled us to and just be an agent for healing by lovingly meeting the needs and humble, kind service. And I just want to say a quick prayer. Lord, you are the way, the truth, and the life who came to wash us clean. Help us to marry your humility and love for the benefit of those around us. Anyways, that's all for today. Remember, the best life is one designed by God. So seek first his kingdom, live righteously, and all else will be added unto you. Be blessed.